Welcome to Behind the Art, a podcast developed by Rockhampton Museum of Art. My name is Bianca Smovic, Director of the Museum of Art. In each podcast of Behind the Art, we unpack hidden treasures and activities of the creative sector with a focus on visual arts. Through conversations with artists, collectors, curators, conservators, researchers, and so many more, they will demystify the world that is the visual arts. Join us as we take you Behind the Art. Today on Behind the Art, we chat with artist Gail Meyer, living and working in the central Queensland region in Rockhampton, and we unpack where she's come from as a person growing up um, in the Mundubra region and how she came to be an artist living and working in Rockhampton, who inspires her and how she hopes that her art inspires the people that look at it. Join us for the next 30 minutes as we chat to artist Gail Meyer. Good morning. I've got the amazing Gail Meyer in front of me. How are you today, Gail? I'm really, really, really excited. Oh, that's and, good. Um, excited uh, to talk to me. Yes, yes. I've, <laughs> I've always been wanting to have a chat to you, so here it is. It's my opportunity. It is. And so you've got me. Full half hour? Yes. Let's delve into you. You're an mm. artist, your practice, you live in central Queensland. What, what is it? What is your art? What do you do? My journey in art, my journey in life, I think I'll start there. Uh, my parents were farmers yeah. in regional Burnett area of Queensland. Mundubra is the township for this area. It's situated on the Burnett River, which eventually flows to Bundaberg, just to give you an idea of the area. It's a farming area, as I said, and also dairying and beef. It's and a gorgeous area down that way, the Burnett mm. River. I spent many, many years along there. Yes, yes. And, uh, but unfortunately, um, hard times did hit my parents on the farm and they turned to timber cutting. So were you a farm child? Would you I describe was. yourself as that? Absolutely. I first discovered rainbows as a toddler because of seeing water and oil mix into yeah. those beautiful colours. I was too young to know that it was a rainbow, didn't know that word, but I was aware of colours. So these are the oils that leak out of the native Australian trees that form around like billabong type areas and, and stagnant still water. Yes, 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 and also um, around the dairy. For me, while I was with my parents' timber cutting and being in the bush. I had a strong and all-consuming love of um, the natural world. And you still do. I still do, certainly. So weekends were spent examining beetles and bugs of um, different bizarre shapes and so colourful leaves and um, native flowers of all kinds and seed pods. I always thought if I really looked hard enough in the bush, um, I, the, just what magical things I might see. The bush is full of possibilities. Yeah, it's a gorgeous area, the Burnett region, so not too far from where you're living now. That's right, it's just a, a four-hour drive. Do you get yes. back there much? Quite often. Often we go to Kenya Gorge and um, meet family members. This was the inspiration, actually, for one of my series of paintings. 
It, um, it was a series called Looking for Platypus. I always work with four or five paintings at, at one time. And um, so I take each painting through to the thoughtful stage. I guess this is where uh, the brush strokes are full of energy at first and rawness. And I just love being an artist. It's full of possibilities and why wouldn't everybody do this? And then you get to the middle stage where you remember that there's rules. <laughs> and, <laughs> and maybe I should think more about the balance of colour and the push and pull of, um, of tone. And, and colour's huge for you. Like, not only is colour huge for you in your artwork, but you as a mm. physical person, you embody colour, you embrace it. What is it about colour for you? Maybe it goes back to the rainbow. Yeah. I you do. see beauty and happiness in it. and Yes, yes, I do. I do see beauty and happiness in colour. Um, that's not to say that I don't also enjoy monotone um, ink and um, ink and washes, beautiful. Um, but I do love colour. And you tend to reinterpret and re-inspire what surrounds you. So... I may not see the world as colourful as you do, but certainly when you when you translate it, you can then look at it in a different perspective. Absolutely, yes. Um, it's it's about light too. The light hitting trees and and uh, forming so many different tones and shades in the leaves. Uh, the light that throws shadows. I love all of those things. Uh, I can't imagine living anywhere else other than sunny Queensland <laughs> um, because just to see the monotones of of some cities and rainy days and overcast weather. It is really different, like living Northern Hemisphere to Southern Hemisphere and just yes. the, the perceptions of light. We like to travel overseas a lot, but I can see the difference, um, the English landscape why the painters painted in that way and why when they came to Australia they didn't quite know what to do with the the brightness of the greens yeah so you see that in Tom greens. Roberts pieces like why were they so yes. um, monotone or, or mellowed yes. in in the yes. brightness of the country that they were actually exploring and the yes. difference between works depicting far north Queensland um, to the works mm. depicting around Sydney and, and New South Wales. And Tasmania. They're often very um, tonal paintings, I feel, whereas in Queensland, definitely bright and uh, full of contrast. The harsh light and, um, and the, the way that that affects the subject matter. And even the Burnett River, and you're now living in and around the Fitzroy River. Mm. Um, so Tanuba, yes. it's known by the Durrumbul people. Mm. Um, and those two river systems are both on and close to the Tropic of Capricorn, which is a very neutral mm. line in the geographical construct of, of the world as well. Mm. Um, so you don't yes. get the, the big disparities that you do between mm. the northern and southern hemispheres as well. It gives mm. you a very stable climate. Yes. Um, yes. It doesn't give you many uh, changes between 
summer, autumn, yes. winter, spring, even though yes. we may put jumpers on, yes. there's really not a big degree difference between <laughs> That's right. what we do as well. Yes, not many extremes. Yes, it's interesting that you said that about the Burnett River and then the Fitzroy River. I'm just totally fascinated by the Fitzroy now. It's, it's my river, you know, the river that I, that I love. And um, I love the, the winding curve of it and uh, looking down on it from uh, an aeroplane. And I love going up to Mount Archer and looking down on the river. So two of my favourite places. What brought you to this area? Um, a business. Um, as farmers ourselves, uh, we were always self-employed. Um, being farmers and so when we decided to leave the Mandubra Gainda area we thought well what will we do I know we'll buy a business as you uh, do yes <laughs> buy ourselves a job and we've gone through life married life doing that we've gone from one town to another uh, we've lived in Woodgate near Bundaberg with a business and um, Gladstone, also a business, and then eventually Rockhampton. This is the longest we've been in one place now. Our children have grown up here, and so we just can't leave. It's home now. <laughs> it's home. It's and you've limited. got an amazing cohort of artists who you've connected with and that you work yes, with. Yes, absolutely. So can you tell us about some of those artist groups and what you do? Yes, well, here in Rockhampton, of course, uh, when we came, uh, a lot of years ago, I did join artist groups, local artist groups, one of which was the Central Queensland Contemporary Artist. Um, I've been a member off and on over the years. Life gets very busy. It's a weaving, undulating path. Um, but I always rejoined because there was a lot to be, their group offered a lot. They were so and are so um, talented and they had come in contact with the Flying Arts School. I don't know much about that. Uh, it involved Mervyn Moriarty and um, Bela Avani. And so that brought them a lot of wealth of knowledge in the art world and a lot of connections. So we had tutors come in-house to the Walter Reed Cultural Centre where we're centred and um, there was plenty to learn from each other. But it was through them that I became aware of another phenomena and that is the Kui Bay uh, Artist Workshops which were set up, I believe, by Bela Avani. And he was from Sydney, and he wanted to keep in contact with these people, these lovely artists that they'd met, he'd met through regional Queensland, Rockhampton and to the north, and um, also the Wide Bay area, Brisbane. And so they set up a system where they always met once a year at Kui Bay, which is Yapoon, uh, for a 10-day workshop. And he sourced other amazing artists, tutors from Sydney, 
and they would do five days and he would do five days so it was the ten days and they helped him and he sourced some wonderful wonderful people if I can just tell you about a few yeah that would be great of them and while you're telling me that it's interesting to note that um, Flying Arts is celebrating their 50th year this year. Yes. So I think it goes from October 2020 to October 2021. So yes. it's a long history yes. um, that Flying Arts have been supporting mm. regional arts in Queensland. So yes. stories of what you're explaining about how particularly Flying Arts and Merv Moriarty um, yes. inspired um, that generation, it's, yeah, it's, it's prolific throughout regional Queensland. Absolutely. It was so helpful for artists in Queensland. And we're such a big state, we forget. Yes. Like, we are a massive state compared to if Mm. you just put New South Wales, Victoria, Tasmania. Yes. Um, It's big distances that Mm. is often, um, you know, if you think 50 years ago, 40 years ago, distance was much less, like much harder to travel. That's right. But I think there was still... um, an obstacle there, of course, with distance. And so apparently Merv Moriarty, um, with perhaps the help of the Flying Arts School and funding, not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, flew to a lot yeah. of those outback areas, very outback. Um, I don't know exactly where, where he went and who was involved, but it did tie a lot of artists together. And so they met in the Kui Bay annual um, camping. It was a camp. And um, so some of the tutors were from... Most of them were from Sydney. And some were amazing, but so were the artists that came. And they came from... To participate, they came from Townsville and to the north, um, all through Queensland, Sydney and and... Also Tasmania. All to Kui Bay. Yes, all to <laughs> Kui Bay for the 10 days. And they were so inspiring, just the artists themselves, never alone the tutors. And so the I think, I'm not sure if it was the first year I went, we had Tim Storia and Giles Orty, yep. as well as Baila Ravani. And um, I remember that we were to paint a still life of some vegetables and mine was a great big red, luscious red, surprisingly (laughs) colourful capsicum with some green broccoli to contrast and some other bits and bobs. And I am pretty sure that my memory is correct that Tim Storia said that my capsicum was very sexy. Oh, that's not easy to do. So well done. <laughs> oh, dear. And you still have that work? I still have You still my, have it? My capsicum. You have your sexy capsicum? <laughs> I do. <laughs> and, um, yes, he, he enjoyed his stay and was quite surprised coming from his... Um, his practice in Sydney. And I actually enjoy... I was going to talk about some of my favourite contemporary Australian artists. Oh, I'd love to hear this. And, uh, and he is one of them because he paints without following fashion. Yep. He paints in his own way about his own journey often and you have to admire him for that. 
And do you think that makes his pieces more timeless, that perhaps they don't mm. follow a, um, an expectation of art of the time and so then maybe that's why he has had such mm. a prolific practice and, yes. it, and it's so widely acquired mm. and collected? I think you're right. Yes, it is timeless and it shows Australia, shows inland Australia and his views of it. Um, some of the others are Suzanne Archer, yeah, a wonderful lady. And so what's it about Susan Archer's work that inspires you? What do you see in it? Well, surprisingly, um, she told us about her habits of going to abattoirs and enjoying looking at the torsos and, and the, the actual bodies of animals and how they were constructed and I remember and yeah that sounds a gruesome subject <laughs> slightly <matter. laughs> but we get inspiration from many things <laughs> and maybe my memories are not quite right there but she does paint in a gutsy gritty take no survivors manner yep and I really enjoy that David Fairburn was another one and I do love portraiture I've been involved with that over the years and I must get back to it. And he's known for his unusual portraiture, in, in my view. And so I certainly enjoyed the time with him. Yeah. Um, Idris Murphy also, I would have to say, is one of my favourite contemporary Australian artists. And he was a tutor. And it was very down-to-earth. They all were because it was such um, a lovely laid-back setting at uh, Cooey Bay. And he, I admire him for changing the way of looking at the landscape, uh, trying to reach back to childhood and paint as a child. This is just my It's take a big on... challenge. I have this mm. conversation with a few people and, you know, the notion of my child could have done that. Yes. And as an adult, um, we, we try and embody things that we think are correct. We yes. behave the right way. We walk the right way. We yes. conform to a square that we yes. all have to fit in. Yes. So when we try and do that as a person in society, mm. what we lose is sometimes our artistic freedom. Yes. And you can even think if a child is at school and the teacher yes. says, draw a cat, mm -hmm. the teacher will draw a cat and mm. every child will draw the cat the same way. The same way. Yes, children have such confidence in their art and um, my granddaughter does beautiful, she's only six, so it's beautiful, free, abstract type, type of art. And, um, and then she'll say to me, and she's so confident, this is, this is good. What I've done is good. Do you like it? But I like it, so it's good. And then she'll say to me, Grandma, can you really draw? So she... <laughs> She's questioning you. Watch out. <laughs> and the point of that is, at that stage, she's totally confident. But eventually, somebody will say to her... Colour in the lines. Yes. And I don't know, does, does a cat really look like that? And she will, hopefully not, but lose the spontaneousness and, and just using pure colours... 
A head can be yellow, hair can be any colour, and it works. It, it just does. works. It's wonderful and free and <laughs> I gorgeous. can definitely, I will never look at a child's colouring in yes. without thinking of you now because, yes, <laughs> that, that is you, isn't it? It's about thinking that colour can represent an, an item, an object, mm. Um, mm. and then reading from there. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and... Uh, Getting back to Idris, um, that is what he's trying to do, is go back to his childhood and forget all the rules. And it's hard to, to loosen up and have the confidence to say that this, this is art. This is the way I want to draw a tree. I don't want the perspective. I just want to put that hill over here by the tree, even though it shouldn't be. And because that that's body art. Of water. Because yes. I can. Because I can and because it works to his mind. Mm. And uh, if he's confident, that's, that's it. It's an artwork. And so what's life like for you here as an artist? What's your studio like? How? What's a normal day um, for Gail okay. in your arts practice? Well, uh, especially since COVID times... I've had the pleasure of just saying, okay, in the morning, and being quite excited about it, I'm just going downstairs to my studio space to paint for the first five hours of the day. And that is quite decadent and um, a lovely thing to be able to do. Uh, I, I feel now that um, restrictions are lifting, some of that time that I did give to myself is slowly being eroded away but it's one thing that I want to keep What's in eroding it away? You <laughs> can control that, can't you? I can control it. <laughs> I, I won't do the housework and I won't <laughs> Get do... a robot. Yes. I highly recommend. <laughs> I turned my two on this morning mm. and by the time I left the house they had mopped and vacuumed. That is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the way to an artistic future. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Concentrate Robots. on the important things. Yes. Get yes. into that studio. Yes, yes. So my studio space is, uh, we built a house many, many years ago, 30-odd years ago, and um, we did build in a studio. However, it was a small area. Um, it's always too small. It's like yes. someone's shed. It's never yes. big enough. Hey? Yes, and so then I moved out and I've just sprawled out through all the rooms downstairs, really. And the car's on the street and, and I'm in the garage. I have many, many easels and um, artworks on the go because that's how I paint, is in a series. I overpaint many of them. As I was saying before, I take each one to a, a wonderful stage and then it gets to that middle yucky stage and of thinking about it so I put it aside in the naughty corner and uh, take out the next one but they they all will pertain to one series they I'm working around a word um, it could be light or um, the looking for platypus was related to Kenya Gorge I walked down along the creek there uh, one morning and saw a rickety old signpost that said platypus pool and pointed at a body of wa work, uh, water, pointed at a body of water. And so the next morning some grandchildren and I went down and we were quiet, which is amazing, and we sat there for at least half an hour 
and just really absorb this area and were listening to every sound. Um, it was a lovely, lovely experience, especially to have with my grandchildren and to see them quiet for a change. I was about to say, you did well for yes, half an hour. I know, I know, <laughs> but uh, it may have been you know, a little bit longer, but then off we went and we went back up to the kiosk and I asked, um, how often are the platypus down there? Have you seen them recently? And she said, no, no, we haven't had platypus in that body of water for years. So we were just sitting there looking at a, an area of water and, and hoping. So I certainly absorbed all of the uh, atmosphere of the creek. And um, so I did five paintings and called Looking for Platypus, and not in one of them is there a platypus. And the, the point at which you embraced art into your life, so business owner, um, child growing up on the country, mm. seeing beauty and things, mm. how does that transition to exploring and having art as a crucial part of your life? How did that all happen? Yeah, it, well, it's, an, it's a bit of an odd mix to come from a farming background because when you're interested in art and being an artist, you think that everyone will be and it's a bit of a shock to realise that you're pretty well the only one that gets it. And uh, so way back when, um, I taught myself to paint with oils and so I went to the local library and said to Mrs Matthews, do you have any books on art? And was she really painting? Mrs Matthews? Yes, she was. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, she said, I think I do, dear. Just wait until I go and get the ladder from out the back. And um, I think right up on the top shelf, there's some art books. And that's how it was. And yes, it was some art books. And I did, I did teach myself to paint in oils on masonite. That's, that was the... Thing to do. Is this your Mandabra times? Mm, Mandabra. Yeah, wow. And I also taught myself to uh, sculpt in wood. Got a wood carving set from the hardware store in a nearby town. How old have you been at this stage? Uh, uh, 20. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I did a, quite a lot of oil works and sculptural pieces in, in wood. And my husband was quite proud of me and said, oh, I think we should take these to a gallery. I said, oh, my gosh, a gallery. Where would we find one of those? That's very supportive of him. It That's was. amazing. It was. So we drove off and found a gallery somewhere in the hinterland of Sunshine Coast, and they said they'd love to have that, those sculptures and that artwork. And so I left my goods there, and about... Five, six months later, I gave them a call to see how it was all going. There wasn't a gallery there anymore. Oh, okay. And no forward, a forwarding address. Um, so those paintings and sculptures went somewhere. Maybe, maybe I don't know, Vinnie's even. I don't know where oh they went. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now, that's happened to me two times. Um, perhaps I shouldn't say it's happened to <laughs> me. Maybe I just let it happen by not being... <laughs> By being too trusting, um, yes, and, and not treating it as a business, which which is how it should be treated. Yep. 
So, um, yes, eventually we moved to Gladstone and I discovered acrylics then. And that was wonderful to add to the oils. I really loved the idea of acrylics with family. It was easy to get them out and I could even take them on a fishing or boating uh, excursion with the family. Uh, fun, cheerful colours. And so then when we came to Rockhampton eventually, I had the oil and the acrylics as uh, companions. And so what to do? So we looked at correspondence course and we looked down the subject matter, office management, bookkeeping, etc., etc., and we came to a word that had art in it, and it was commercial art. So we did that. I did that, commercial art. And so it was quite good. It was correspondence, and, but it was really good. And so I learned about perspective, and also it was about ink and cross-hatching and developing shadows on people's faces. So I learned about light and shadow. I guess that that was my grounding, as in, yes, I do want to do something with art one day. But I will get married and I will have children and then I'll think about this art thing because I know a bit about it, so maybe I can do something with it. And I endeavoured to do that. And I've always, it's been a part of my journey. Life is a journey and uh, with many paths and that is one of my paths to make a, a life well lived for me is the creative journey. And you're, mm. you're I guess, putting on hold of your passion to pursue yes. art and, and have, have a, provide the base for the family and yes. be the mother. Um, yes. That's not uncommon in women of your generation. Mm. And we mm. saw statistically um, through the Crothers Foundation, they funded the Countess Report, which um, particularly Rockhampton Art Gallery studied um, last year, which looks at the disparity um, in prizes, awards, exhibitions, held public collections of female artists um, because they often did do this pause um, mm. in their pursuit of their artistic career to really care for and be the primary carer for, for their family. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm very pleased that you've been able to come back to your practice yes. and pursue what you really love. Yes, yes, absolutely. So all of that was a grounding, I feel, and um, now it's I must push forward and, and learn. There's so much. There's so much to learn and explore and be excited about. So what are you learning? What are you exploring okay. at the moment? Well, uh, we've got an amazing... Um, university here, CQU, yes. with excellent yes. um, tutors and visual arts courses. Yes. We're very fortunate. We are fortunate, and I am especially fortunate because I have been to TAFE, Rockhampton TAFE, and had wonderful tutors back in the Peter Indens days, and our gorgeous Patrick. <laughs> yeah, Connor, Patrick Connor, yeah. And um, other tutors, and, and of course I went through and did uh, life drawing and printing and all the facets of, of um, art making. But things that I'm excited about and I want to experiment more with in the future are, are transparent 
washes of acrylic colour, so so bright and vibrant. Um, that that's to be explored more. And the extreme opposite of that is I used to do a lot of palette knife painting. Uh, so of course that was very impressionistic, and I want to get back to that. I, I love 3D as well. I would like to do some sculptural pieces. I'm not sure. I've got this beautiful uh, title for a piece. I've just got to do the piece. It's on the ground, moving forward in these unprecedented times. I think that's a title for an exhibition <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, I are you optimistic to... though? We're heading forward. You're optimistic. You've got Absolutely. these. Bold palette knife works and yes. translucent um, pieces yes. and yes, yes, oh yes. Opt there's so much to to learn and do. Another thing I love and I want to explore is more plain air. Uh, being out in the countryside, um, our group hasn't gone back into the Walter Reed Cultural Centre yet. Uh, we've been painting out in the, well, at Yepin and the Botanical Gardens and Mount Archer. What a beautiful time of year to be doing that, uh, Yes, the time of year is perfect. Stunning. Perfect. And so I'd like to do more of that. It's quite overwhelming. It's not for everyone. There's, it's just so you much. You do get bugs and stuff and ants <laughs> and <laughs> it's not always comfortable. And... No, it's comfortable, uh, just a bit of a spray and, yes, no bugs. And, um, but wind can be an issue. But all of that just adds a bit of rawness and hurry and excitement to the piece. And also, I'd like to do more mark-making and painting outside on, on thinner paper, cartridge paper, go back to the studio space and tear it up and reassemble it on a surface and paint what I saw uh, with this new texture and, and drama and feeling. Because I, I think to sum up how I work, it's I like to paint about something. I don't want to paint the something. I want to paint how I feel about it. So um, that is a, a more em emotional, in, interpretive way of working. And that's for me, yes. That has been an amazing conversation, Gail. It's, it's been so good to unpack where you've come from, what's brought you here, who inspires you, and what you aim to get out of your artworks and pass on to people who have the opportunity to view it. Thank you. Thank you, Bianca. I've, I've always wanted to have a chat, but I didn't know it would be this way. <laughs> Recorded now forever in time. Yes. <laughs> no, it has been absolutely wonderful, and I will definitely make some time to come out and visit this organised chaos studio. Yes, yes. Oh, I'll have to clean up. No, oh, no, dear. please don't. It'll take time. Please don't. <laughs> it has been absolutely wonderful, and we will catch up again very soon. Thank you. Wonderful to talk to you, Bianca. So that's it. Thanks for listening. We can't wait for you to join us next time we go Behind the Art. Behind the Art is a podcast produced by Rockhampton Art Gallery in partnership with the Queensland Government. Jump onto our website to check out all that we do. Music